Welcome to the Currently Podcast. My name is Jasmine Porter, a freelance television and film professional. Each episode, I'll bring you a unique crew member from a different department to discuss their role in making a film. We'll give you exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and advice on how you can get your start, too. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to The Crew Life. Hello, everybody. This is episode three for season two of the Crew Only Podcast, and I am here with the funniest guy, Templeton. <laughs> Thank he is you. A, hey. <laughs> so he's a sound engineer, and he's also a production assistant. Uh-huh. He's worked for various companies such as BET, Viacom, and he's also worked for Condé Nast as well. And uh-huh. right now he's working on CHOP, which is Food Network. Uh-huh. And might I mention he's also... Um, Sex symbol, right? Yes, sex That's, symbol. Yes, so 2027, tell the people what you are in 2027. Uh, in 2027, I will be People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Don't <laughs> ask me how I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. You just have to speak it into existence, right? Exactly. And you got to give yourself a little bit of time. So 2027, yeah. I feel like that's a good, a good time Because we're in 2019, so eight, eight years? Yeah, about eight years. Yeah, I, I, like I think that. you got it. All right. Oh, thank you. He, he's yes, got this, guys. That. You'll see. So today we're going to just talk to him about being a production assistant. But what I'm really interested in, this is a really cool episode for me because I typically only work in scripted and pretty much all the other people that I've interviewed on season one, um, even the second episode of season two, we've all done mostly scripted, whether it's, you know, feature film or TV shows. So I'm really excited to be talking with you because yours is more of like on the reality side mm-hmm. and also doing special events. Mm-hmm. So can you, I know you haven't done scripted yet, so you can't really talk about the differences, mm-hmm. but a lot of people have seen Chop, so can you tell us what it's like working on that? Like, do they really only give them that much time? Do you get to try the food? Like, is it that intense? Like, what is it really like working on the set of Chopped? Okay, so working on Chopped, so we wake up and we get there 6 in the morning, bright and early, right? Okay. We get to set, and as a PA, my job is to make sure that all the stoves are clean, um, they have a culinary team that makes sure all the shelves are fully stocked, the fridges are fully stocked. Um, we have special PAs dedicated to um, specific jobs. I'm kind of a floater, so okay. I work on set. I might work with the art team or I might work in the um, control room for a little bit. They have PAs that are dedicated to just the judges, so they go pick up the judges. They walk with them everywhere on set. Oh, wow. Yeah, they have other ones who are dedicated. There's one dedicated straight for the control room. There's another one who works with just the judges, like the special judges. Judges, mm-hmm. or um, there's one if we do like Chop Junior. There's one who's dedicated to the parents. Chop Junior is so dope. Chop Junior is dope. We actually did Chop Junior on um, Friday. So pretty much while we're recording, the um, the whole process is just like we kind of watch like an extended version of the show because they mm-hmm. have monitors and we could watch the show and hear everything live, which is way more intriguing and interesting because I feel like they cut out a lot of the things because it's only actually thirty minutes. It but is. how long are you guys filming for? We're legitimately recording for probably 10 hours a day and that's one episode so it takes that long to get wow. one episode done and they, they, they cut it down to like 30 minutes or an that's hour insane, or whatever though, to think that I know, they're right? cutting that much footage exactly that's like <laughs> way too much so um in between while they do the cooking rounds um in between the judging and tasting like we're cleaning up um the stoves and okay. we're like moving things to make the the next round a little bit more easier um the culinary team takes care of all the food we actually don't really get to taste the food mm. um but i don't even know if i would really want to because like you know, it takes a long time to record. So that tasting round takes about an hour. So that food is sitting there 
for about that time, you know? So wait, okay. So they cooked, so say it's, what is it, challenge one or uh-huh. whatever, round one. They cook the food. Yep. And then once they're done, is it really not like that rush of them like taking the food and giving it all to the judges? It's not really a rush. Um, they'll they'll get the round done if they get it done in the allotted amount of time. And wait. sometimes they actually give them the extra time to finish their plates. And, uh, you know, they act like, oh, get it on the plate. Sometimes they don't get it on the plate. But they'll give them like an extra couple of minutes wow. to actually get it on the plate. And so it, they really don't, won't like just cut the time if they don't like finish their meal they do actually want them to finish cooking they want them to finish cooking because that's the whole point of the show is Mm. to get the food on the plate and if they don't put the food on the plate it's not really like a fair competition or whatever so interesting yeah and they won't they won't like add it towards the end they'll like pause the clock without letting anybody know so they're cooking they're not looking at the clocks so they're just like adjusting cooking doing this doing that and then when enough time has come and they they see that okay they're about to be done they'll start the clock over again Wow. Yeah. Ah, see, that's interesting <laughs> to know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's super cool. That's interesting. So the food that the judges are eating, it's not actually hot? Some of Some, it isn't, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, they don't have, like, um, those warmers. Mm-hmm. It's, it kind of just sits there for a little bit. If it's a frozen element, they'll put just that frozen element in the freezer. Gotcha. So, like, when they make ice cream and stuff. Yes. So, if they, they try and get that out first. Okay. But it also depends on the um, the director. Like, he'll decide what the, the tasting order is. And if that ends up being second or third or last, then they'll just take the ice cream and they'll put that in the freezer. And then when it's time to taste that, they'll take it out right before and then they'll put it on the plate. And then then the judges get to taste it after that. But as far as like warmth, if the meal is supposed to be warm and they don't get it within like the first like 20 minutes, most of the time they're eating cold food. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? (laughs) That is interesting. So I actually want to take a step back. So I know Mm -hmm. that you said that you've been in the industry for about, what, three years, right? Mm -hmm. So a cool story, actually, um, I want to share with you guys. So I actually met. I met you, has it been like a week or two? It's been like a week. A week, Like okay. about a week or two. So I'll tell you guys. So uh, her name is Simone. Shout out to Simone. She has a podcast called Bonnets and Durags. Mm-hmm. And it was about like, what was it called again? It was like freelance versus nine to five. Yeah. So it was talking about freelance or like working corporate. And so I was listening to it and uh, Templeton was on there and he, you know, works in the same industry as me. So I tell you all the time, I slide into DMs. Like if I see people who like works in the same field or whatever, like I'll reach out. So I reached out to him on Instagram and I was like, hey, I listened to the episode. Like you work in the industry, mm-hmm. I work in the industry, like super cool. Um, and so it was very interesting because like I said, he has this like freelance lifestyle where it's different than mine because it's really like that day-to-day, week-to-week, like, I don't know what I'm doing next week, but I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing now, whereas mine is a little bit more consistent. So how is that for you, like that true freelance life where you're on, you know, you could be on a different project every week or what you're doing this week is really different than next week. How do you kind of handle that? Um, it's definitely a struggle, especially when you're first starting out. Um, I didn't really know much about the field. I actually mm-hmm. was into something completely different before I got into production. So when I first started, it was just a way for me to like make money on the side while I was waiting to get jobs or get calls for my other job. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I just started getting more calls in production and then I was like, maybe I could turn this into like a career. You know, it's a little bit um a little bit wild because you never really know what your schedule is gonna be like. Literally like in the course of a day I could be like jobless for a month and then like after that day I'll have like four weeks of work just out of nowhere you know wow, yeah. yeah it's kind of kind of crazy it's not for the meek of heart 
you definitely have to dedicate a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience. And also, it takes a lot of uh, preparing and planning. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you never know when that next paycheck is going to come. So you have to really work on making an impression and making sure that when those other um, production managers, they have other projects that they call you. And you yeah. want to be the first one that they call. Because if you kind of fall to the wayside, you tend to be forgotten about. You know, that's just the way the production world works. They see you. And if you stand out, then they'll always remember your name. But if you're kind of like doing like a lackadaisical kind of job, you're not going to get a call back. So yeah, because how many other people want to do what you're doing? Exactly. So if you're going to be there, definitely like be there and be appreciative and work hard. It's not a hard job, but it's not for everybody. Yeah. So how are you actually getting those jobs, right? Because I haven't like done anything with like BET or Viacom. So how are you actually, you know, getting those jobs and being able to work with these um, companies? Mm, Legitimately, it's relationships. Mm -hmm. It's all about just who you know and just building up a good rapport with people. Um, Every job that I've gotten to this point, except for one, everything has been word of mouth. So have you not had to apply? I've never, I mean, I've applied for um, a couple of jobs and I've gotten like one or two here. Like I, I work on this show on... Uh, investigation discovery called Coldest Winter, but most of the time I, they just call me in for the rap days, and I'm returning equipment, so I don't really count that as a job. That comes mm-hmm. like once every like couple months or so. Okay, but um, yeah, a lot of the jobs I don't apply for. It's just like I get a phone call like, "Hey, such and such recommended you. Um, can you work this day and that day?" I'm like, either yeah, I can, or no, I can't. Then I work with them, build up a good rapport with them, and then they'll send my name to somebody else when someone else is looking for a good production assistant. And that's pretty much how I've been doing it for the past three years, wow. just word of mouth. So, what was your first actual job being a production assistant? My first job was um, I was a PA for this show on A and E called Black and White. Um, I'm trying to remember the names of the hosts. Um, they both of them were on Guy Code, and if you see their faces, you would definitely know them. One of them, his name is Christian. The other one is Sharad Small. Sharad Small is one of them, and I forgot the other guy's name. But um, the guy who was one of the production uh, production managers, he actually was my employer for my audio engineering job. And he didn't really have that many gigs for me at the time. So he was like, hey, I'm working on this show. We could use some PAs. I don't really have any work for you right now. But this is to get you, you know, just a little bit of money to get you by whatever. So I was like, okay, what's a PA? Then he pretty much explained to me, just kind of just come in and just do whatever people ask you to do. I'm like, fine, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And it was just fun. (laughs) I was just like, yo, I had fun just being on set. I met a lot of interesting people. I met, what's that very frustrating uh, white woman that's always, um, what is her name? Is she like a She's like a, like a, like a, no, she's like a political figure. And like a lot of people talk, talk politics with her. I'm going to, I'm going to remember her name. Uh, Ann Coulter. Is that her name? Maybe. Yeah, I think it's Ann Coulter. I met her on, um, on the set of Black and White. Don't Which ask is really me too interesting. Much about politics. I'm just gonna <laughs> say it was very that. interesting because she is like she's known for being she's like Tommy Lauren, but like way more extreme. Like oh, very insensitive God. when it comes to like issues of like talk about that. <laughs> Can we just <laughs> No, but like the so the funny part was like she's this personality on TV, but then when I met her, she was the sweetest person. Really? She was very nice. And I was just like, wow. Did you not of, know how to take it? I didn't know how to take it. I was just like, wait, wait, wait. Like I have seen the things you said on TV. Like Am I supposed to hate you? Yeah. Like you're always saying something trying to get some kind of shock value and it's just like I don't I don't know. Like I wanna yeah. I wanna not like you, but but you're kind of nice. Yeah, exactly. But, do you, but it could have been like fake nice, right? Like she probably really thinks these kinds of things, but mm-hmm. she's just like being polite. I mean, I always think, 
how people treat their PAs is probably how they naturally are. Because she didn't have to say anything to me. I was just yeah. walking by. And she was like, hey, you, you look interesting. What's your name? And I told her my name. And she was like, oh, that's a really good name, blah, 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 blah. We started talking for a little bit. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and then we just started having like a little bit of conversation. And she was just like really nice and very open and very friendly. And she seemed like she's very nice and friendly and open to everybody, even including the host, right before they got on set and started talking about like whatever issues they were talking about. She's like, wow, it's kind of interesting. That kind of gave me like a glimpse mm-hmm. into like TV versus reality yeah a lot of times what you see on tv is definitely not what's happening especially working on reality tv that was a huge lesson that shows you that what's on tv definitely isn't what's really happening behind the scenes yeah so i actually want to talk about that a little bit more because you worked on uh, bet's hustle in brooklyn yes um so i haven't really seen it to be honest Mm -hmm. but we all watch reality like we watch housewives and you know um like love and Mm hip-hop so and I've always been curious as to like, okay, how much of this has really happened versus how much is it of the producers kind of like egging them on? Uh-huh. So working on that show and what you saw, how much of it is real versus how much of it is like, are they telling them to come meet up at this place or are they legit just following them around with cameras? I would say that it is 75% scripted mm, pretty okay. much and 25% real. What's real is the reactions. Um, but what's not real is sometimes you'll see people, they'll come on the set and they'll be prepped by like a talent producer or just one of the showrunners or someone who's in charge of story. And they'll tell them what the tone of the conversation should be. So they might tell one person one thing and tell something completely different to the other person to get a genuine reaction. Mm. You think that they're hearing the same thing, but nah, she's like, oh, da, 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 this is fine. And then telling the other person like, oh, she said you're a bitch. Da, 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 da. So then when they come face to face, like they'll record the genuine reaction. So, so like, why is she bugging out? A lot of the times it's not even her bugging out. She was wow. told something that made her react in a certain way. Or like, when it comes to like lunches and things like that, or just meeting up in general, all that is like planned ahead of time. So like they tell everybody, like, so you know how they have call sheets. Mm-hmm. So is it really like, okay, we're all meeting up at this time yes, at this restaurant? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's just like that. And I'm like, oh, such and such's house, meet at this time, we're gonna shoot from this to this, and then we'll shoot at this studio and this and this. We're gonna do this party scene from this time to this time. And oh, the party scenes are like really interesting because um especially when it comes to licensing, they can't really play a lot of music. So they'll actually have specific songs that are within the same genre, but no one really knows what these songs are just to get them to dance because they can't record the audio. And they'll, they'll play another song on top of it afterwards in post-production because they, they don't really know if they're allowed to play certain yeah. songs because like, if you record it, and it's already just kind of it's stuck to the recording. You can't change it afterwards. So they'll so play like, a completely different song and then add a song afterwards. So they can't play like a regular like uh, 50 Cent song no, or... No, it's a, it's a, a lot of these obscure artists that you've never heard of before and they're dancing to it and they're acting like it's these popping songs, like these like Drake and Meek Mill songs. You have to act like these are the songs that they're playing. Wow. Yeah. That is so... So <laughs> yeah. are they... Is production paying for like those parties and those dinners that they're making them attend, or is that coming out of their pockets individually? If you know, um, I think it's coming out of the production's pockets. Okay. I don't think the I don't think any of the talent had to necessarily pay for any of the meals. No, they don't pay for meals. Okay. I know I know that for a fact. They don't pay for meals. So a lot of that comes out of the production budget. Mm, interesting, because I was always curious. I'm like, so. 
How are these people like awake all the time? Like really, just randomly found them around the <laughs> camera. I'm like, is there an organization? Like for each episode, do they have like storylines? Like, do you think the producers say for this episode we kind of want this to be the story? Like, are they writing anything or? Yes, they are. They definitely have. Uh, plans for all of the mm. talent and all of the, at least for the show that I was working on. They knew exactly what kind of person they wanted this person to be and they tried to cater the story to make it that way. Excuse me. Wow. And then they have other characters who they want them to play like supporting roles, but they knew exactly who they wanted to be the main characters like from the get go. They knew what relationship they wanted to try and force, even though they weren't wow. supposed to try and force relationships, but they, they were definitely trying. You, you could hear them it's talking like about it. Manipulation. Yeah, they're trying to manipulate bit. people to be like, it was crazy, especially at the beginning. They were trying to force a bunch of relationships. Relationships and like some of them didn't really work out, and they were like trying, like they will stop in the middle of the taping and they will like say, like, oh, say this to that person and see how she reacts to that. Like, literally in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of a date, they would try that to try and like coerce them into being a couple. And sometimes it just didn't work. So, can you give us any like, because I haven't seen this show mm-hmm. and I don't know who has or who hasn't, um, who's gonna be listening to this, but can you give us any like specific incidents that you've seen them like? For certain episodes or for certain characters mm-hmm. where they've kind of like manipulated them mm-hmm. or like guided a storyline or pushed somebody to do something that wasn't really organic. Yeah, there was um, the first scene that I worked on. It was July 4th. And um, there's a character on there named Asia who is a recording artist and a producer named Santos. And they really wanted them to be like the star couple mm-hmm. of the show. So the first date, they were really trying to set it up and be like all romantic and stuff. They were feeding him lines because like she wasn't really feeling it. So they were trying to like get him to like like really work his game on her. But Can at she the not end, hear them though? Telling him No, they pull say? him away afterwards. They'd be like, oh, they, they'll stop the scene and be like, oh, so I'd be like, oh, say this, say this, say that, say that, blah, 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 blah. And they'll be like, oh, you hear she's She's reacting to that. Yeah, so maybe she might like. And they tried to make that a thing, but it ended up not necessarily being a thing. So, um, and other relationships, um, I'm trying to think because they have two different teams and my team was more um, what are surrounded. What two different teams? It was two different teams. So they have a red team and a blue team. And they record both at the same time. So one team might be with these two people and the other team might be with these four people or whatever. So most of the time, actually, there were some people on the cast that I didn't meet until, like, we actually had those party scenes. Because I would mostly stay with, like, Asia's character or, like, Ivy or um, who else did I, um, like, Baggy. Like, I was in a lot of scenes with them, Santos, Darnell. I was with them a lot. But then a lot of the other cast members, like um, Eva, I didn't really see her that much. Um, who else was on the show? I'm trying to think. There were some twins that were supposed to be on the show. I never, I never saw them. And uh, Marco, I didn't really see that much. So that's how that's kind of, that's how they uh, that's how they get all the um, recordings together. So is that just for that show or a reality? Is it two teams like where they have? People? I, f- I feel like for the most part it would be uh, multiple teams. Like I know in scripted, as far as like with TV shows, mm-hmm. you have a um, odd and an even team, right? So like you have odd and even episodes. So like. You know, you have obviously there's a different director for every episode, but you have like the first AD and a second AD, um, and a the DP who is different for like the odd episode, and then a different first and second different DP for like the even episodes. Uh-huh. But I never thought of it like with reality that you are having two separate like groups who yeah. are filming different people. Yeah, so it's, it's very very produced. I don't know how other shows are. I have friends who worked on Love and Hip Hop. They say it's kind of like the same thing. It's very produced and they're production team is very hands-on and they try and orchestrate these certain reactions or these certain emotions and stuff like that. So I just assume that most reality shows are like that. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about what you do for Viacom because we talked before and for them you said you mostly do their events. Yes, yeah, And you events, also yeah. told me that's kind of like we'll get into that later about where you want to go. Mm-hmm. But um, share with us what you do for them and like what kind of events and what your roles are when you work in those events. Yeah, so with um, special events, uh, the ones that I do with Viacom and the ones I do with Condé Nast, they always have these – um, either corporate events, they might have releases or premieres for certain shows or um, panel discussions. And pretty much they have a dedicated team. Viacom has a dedicated team who does that. So they'll set up all the events. Like they'll do like a, they just um, came back from Spring Bake. They did uh, this whole thing with um, DJ Pauly D and they had this very mm. huge party and they put the production team together. And then they had some um, production assistants in L.A. because it was over in L.A. So anytime they have an event, they'll orchestrate it and then they'll bring in people to kind of help the event flow. And Viacom, they always hire a lot of PAs for the the gigs that they do. Um, They hire way more PAs than they actually need, which is kind of funny. So sometimes are there like just PAs getting to kind of stand around? Yes. Like (laughs) there legitimately will be a PA pointing you in the direction of another PA, pointing you in the direction of an elevator where another PA is going to be there and there's another PA on the top of the elevator. It's just like way too many PAs. So it's just like, damn, why do we, we don't really need that many. We don't need this many people. You don't need that many PAs. It's crazy. That's but great. it's fun. Yeah. I, like, I, like, I like working with them. It's very fun working with Viacom. How have you built, well, how did you build that relationship getting to work with Viacom? My first gig that I worked with Viacom, um, so the first gig that I did when I was talking about black and white, I met this um, production manager named Michael, and he introduced me to a friend of his named Seth, who's a freelance production um, production coordinator, production manager, showrunner. He just kind of does the whole run and gun thing. Yeah, they'll fly him in. They'll tell him what to do. He'll make sure everything goes right. And he'll bring me on if he needs like mm-hmm. a assistant to make sure other things are going right. And then he's in and out in like a week, maybe like two weeks or maybe like maybe even just a day. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked with him for a little bit, built up a rapport with him. And then he used to work at Viacom. And then uh, one of the guys that worked there named Charles, he needed some PAs and they they wanted to get like a new bunch. So he put my name in there and then uh, Charles gave me a call and I worked on the Nickelodeon Upfront in 2017. What's that? So Upfront is pretty much a party that the company has with their higher ups to kind of talk about what the – the network or what the channel is doing. So mm. for Nickelodeon, they talked a lot about the new shows that are coming out. They showed them previews. Um, they had a lot of Nickelodeon themed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They had a lot of Nickelodeon themed foods and Nickelodeon themed art. Actually, I'll show you. Um, I don't know if you saw it when I got the um, the the Jameson out the room. We got a little Jameson in here. <laughs> um, there's actually a wall art of Hey Arnold that I got from that event. Oh. Dope. Yes, I was like, I'm gonna show, it, I'm gonna show it to you afterwards. But um, yeah, they have upfront, so they had that one for Nickelodeon, and then they have one for BET, they have one for MTV, and then they have one for pretty much all the networks for all the like the VPs and all, all the really really wow. um, high execs. I'm actually working tomorrow, actually tomorrow through to next Friday. I'm working on the upfront dinners for this year. Oh, so they have them like every. They day. have them every single year. Yeah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be my my uh, paycheck for the next two weeks. Look at that! High five! Get your money. Exactly. <laughs> so I know you told me before that we were talking about like, okay, where do you want to go in this industry? Mm-hmm. And you said you really want to try to move into doing special events. Yes. Um, so just explain like what that would, um, what that actually means, what you would be doing, um, and why you want to do special events. I really like special events because I feel like 
I have a very short attention span. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of career, it suits my needs because I hate sitting in the same the same spot in the same chair doing the same job over and over again very uh, monotonous very redundant and I will lose my mind so, so this freelance life freelance life is perfect for, for me you. it's perfect <laughs> for me cause like one day I might be doing this thing and then another day I might be doing this thing I might be working on this TV show I might be working on this premiere so it gives my brain a lot to do and I feel like if I have like four days to do a project then I'm a lot more focused like laser focused on that project rather than kind of spreading the same responsibilities all throughout the course of like a couple months or whatever yeah. so um, eventually what I would want to do is what um, Seth does he um he gets flown out all the time and like he works on projects with a bunch of different companies like NFL. He's gotten me gigs with um, ABC. Um, he's gotten me gigs with um, uh, Broadway. Um, every summer I do this thing wow. called um, Broadway and Bryant Park every Thursday. I've heard of it. Yes. So I'm there every single Thursday. In the summertime? Um, in the summertime, yeah. So that's like my one of my guaranteed gigs. And that's, that's again, working up a rapport. Like now I'm like his go-to guy. Yeah. Whenever he needs a PA, he's like, yo, I want him. And he's, he always lets me know ahead of time. He's like, yo, I need you for these days, blah, 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 blah. So that always works out. Like he, he called me the other day and he was like, again, with April, I had no idea what was going on in April other than the president's dinners. And then he called me and gave me like... Six gigs within the next two months. You don't get nervous. Like, like, I know you love it, but uh-huh. like, you don't get worried. Oh, I get hella nervous. <laughs> Listen, anytime I got to dip into my savings account, it's just like, uh, yeah. Especially like this year, like the beginning of the year is always slow, but it was really slow this mm-hmm. time around. So I had to dig into my savings a lot. I took a lot of trips. I normally don't travel as much, but I went to New Orleans and I went to Canada. Mm-hmm. And I really spent a lot of money. I was just like, You were just Shit. spending. You was like, I was Dang. spending money. I'm just like, I don't know where I'm going to get it back from, but I'm just spending money. I'm having fun. So you definitely have those moments where you're very, um, very nervous and you have to really plan ahead. And I'm not the guy to to call and, and beg for a job. Like, yeah. I just wait for it to come. A lot of the times when people, they ask me, like, what are you working on? I'm like, nothing right now. They're like, why didn't you call me? I could have gave you like this and this and that and that. But I'm, I've never been the type to kind of like beg for or like put myself or force myself into a position. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to like think about me. Be like, oh, we need him for this job right now. And that's kind of how I've been working around it. But I feel like maybe I should kind of uh, lower my standards a little bit. (laughs) I think you should because, like you said, relationships are big, right? But sometimes people do forget. And I think there's a certain level of, like, bothering people or begging Mm -hmm. versus just putting that filler out. Like saying, hey, I'm available. If Mm -hmm. you guys need anybody, I'm here. I think you should definitely do that more. It's going to be a lot. Uh, it's gonna be harder for me to do that, but I, I'm gonna try. I don't know. Again, it's just in my personality. Like I never like to impose on people. So, mm-hmm. um, especially working in uh, like being a PA, um, you're kind of kind of gotta hide and like be in the corner and like not really being noticed. Yeah. So especially with my my other job too, being an audio engineer, when I was interning, same thing. It's like kind of sit in the corner. You learn and you don't be noticed. So a lot of the times, it's like you don't really have opportunity to like walk up to people like kind of like say how you feel it's like yo just kind of sit there and wait for someone to tell you what to do and that's kind of been like in my personality a little bit but now I'm like learning how to like get out of that um learning how to become more of a leader um a lot of the gigs that I work on now um I tend to be the key PA versus being like a regular PA okay who's look like at you the, moving up <laughs> yeah uh, for those who might not know I don't know if anybody here listening is not in the production world but key PA is like 
uh, a step above PA. So you're in charge of the other production assistants, and you kind of orchestrate their He's responsibilities. He's the boss man of the other PAs. Yeah, the boss man of the, of the tiny bosses. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put it, the other tiny bosses. Mm-hmm. That's a respectful Listen, way to— I mean, We are bosses at the end of the day. Like yeah. People really think that PAs are such a low-level position, but at the end of the day, like the production doesn't work without us. Yeah. Like y'all, y'all have a bunch of jobs, and those jobs won't get done because there are a lot of things you don't want to do because that you need us to do. You need us to do. So yeah. if we don't do it, it ain't gonna get done. <laughs> I um, I was at work, and I think somebody came in and was asking us like what what we did, and I was like, oh, I'm just a PA, and my boss was like, not just, <laughs> like don't say that, and I was like. But you kind of get used to sometimes, like, oh, I'm just a PA, because you know that's, like, literally the bottom level, the entry level. But, like, she's like, I don't like that. Like, you guys aren't just PAs. Like, you guys do a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, but other people don't feel that way, though. Yeah, some people would just, like, kind of walk over you. Don't even remember your name. or Don't even try and learn your name. It's just like, hey, um, can you get me this Americano or whatever? I'm just like, I don't even know who you are, but I'll get it for you. Yeah, or, like, (laughs) these PAs, you know? Like, you find that in certain industries. Have you found that at all where, like, you've been in situations where people kind of— Maybe belittle you or make you feel some kind of way by being a PA? Hmm. I feel like it definitely has happened, but the way my personality is set up, I don't take offense to it. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I understand what my role is, and I understand—excuse me, I don't know I'm so gassy. Um, I understand— um, what their roles are as well. And a lot of these, like, ADs, a lot of these production managers, they have a lot of pressure that's on them. So they just might react because you don't know what they're hearing. Like, the the AD on the show, Sean of Chopped, he has a walkie in his ear coming from everybody else on production, and then he has one dedicated just to... Um, the audio and the camera team. And then there's another one where he's talking to everyone in the control room. So he has a lot of voices. So yeah. a lot of the times if things aren't getting done, he has to listen to this guy and listen to that person. So he might, he might lash out a little bit. And it's just like, I get it. Some people might not get that. And it's just like, oh, he's such a fucking asshole. I hate the way he did it. I'm like, listen, do you understand what his job is? Yeah. It's a lot of pressure to record a, a TV show, especially one like Chopped, one that's been around. There's 40 seasons of Chopped right now. Wow. It's been around for a very long time, so there's a lot of pressure. You got to do a good job. You got to get it right. Exactly. So I never take anything personally. Um, I've never had to... If anything, I, I got to talk to more PAs than anything. It's not mm-hmm. really about like um, the higher-ups talking down to me. It's more about the PAs not really understanding what their role is. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, you have to do this. And they're just like, oh, we're supposed to do this, and we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to like, have this. Yeah, but I'm just like, no, like... Do it. Oh, the, the box. Like she could have picked up the box herself, but yeah, she could have. But that's what you're here for—to yeah. pick up the box she doesn't want to pick up, to clean the things she doesn't want to clean. I think it's a fine line. It definitely is I a fine will, line. I will say sometimes it's a fine line where mm-hmm. I think people can sometimes take advantage of PAs mm-hmm. and treat them as like their maids or servants, which we're not, though. We're you not, know, yeah. so I think it is that fine line of like being there to make sure that your your job is to do what everybody else kind of really doesn't want to do but it's also like you could have maybe threw that in the garbage <laughs> like no like you could have threw no, that I in get the garbage that. or like yeah. you literally just left that there for somebody else or mm-hmm. you could have closed your door to your office when you was leaving yeah. or you could have turned off the light like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like basic stuff like do you just leave your light on <laughs> you know what I mean so so yeah. sometimes to be honest I'm like really though like you couldn't do that yourself mm-hmm. but I would like to think that I wouldn't be that kind of um production manager or that kind of AD but I don't know who knows what happens when you get power yeah. I might just be like <laughs> close my door I don't got to do that else anymore somebody can do it <laughs> <laughs> door knobs <laughs> I don't have to touch those I'm not anymore touching that. you know how many germs are on there you touch it <laughs> yeah so I, I think sometimes it can be a fine line has anybody ever referred to you as like kid at all 
And have you found Mm-mm. it like offensive or anything? Mm-mm. For those of y'all who don't know me, I am a six foot three, two hundred and forty pound man. So if you call me a kid, you got a lot of balls. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have balls like that. So um, a lot of the times, like people come to you like more respectfully. Especially, I feel like it's also my demeanor too, because there are some people on set who are like assholes to everybody except me. I've had jobs where like one person was supposed to be the asshole, but I never saw them as an asshole. They never treated me like they were an asshole. I I think it's just the way that you approach it and yeah. it's the way that you like interact with people. Like, as long as you have an understanding of like where that person is coming from. A lot of people they don't try and see like why they're frustrated or why they're angry. They're just like, Oh, you don't respect me. It's not even about that. It's not even it's about, not about you. you. You yeah. don't know why. You don't know what that person's going through. You don't know yeah. what kind of news they heard. You don't know what kind of situations they have. You don't know how much money they got in their pocket. Family members are sick or how much pressure they have. So yeah. I try and think like that towards every interaction. So I never take anything personally. And yeah, I'll, I'll never do that. Yeah, you don't know. I hear that all the time though in this business is like the number one thing is to not take things personally. Mm-hmm. But, like, to be honest, sometimes it's, it's difficult. Yes. Especially, like, mm-hmm. see, you're moving around a bit more, but when you're, like, working with someone. Someone's calling me from Chopper right ah! now, actually. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call her back. But when you're working with someone um, for a long time and day in and day out, like, mm-hmm. you're getting that same kind of, I don't even know how to explain it, like, standoffish or the attitude. Like, yes. it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I... I know I'm not supposed to take this personally, mm-hmm. but I am. Because if yes. you're coming in here like this all the time <laughs> and talking to me like this, you know, you can't help but start to feel like, are, are you personally attacking me mm-hmm. or are you that miserable every day? Yeah, some people it, just have a very passive-aggressive demeanor to them and it's just like, I won't interact with you that much. Like, just yeah. because they're that way and I'm very understanding doesn't mean that I have to interact with you and try and be your friend. That yeah. could just be like, okay, she's going to be over there or he's going to be over there. I'm going to be over here. And like very minimal interaction. Even yeah. keeping like those interactions to a minimum, I like I feel like that even creates an open space for people to feel more comfortable because you're not constantly in their face or constantly creating some kind of tension or creating some kind of trauma for them or whatever. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, he doesn't really piss me off that much. So I'll have a conversation with them. And a lot of the times you just sit down, you guys end up at the crafty together, yeah. having a random conversation, and you find out that they have this or they have um, a brother that's this or we might find something that we have in common. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. Now I understand you a little bit more. Yeah. So listen. You're in New York City, right? Like, people move here from Uh all over the world to come here and try to achieve their dreams. Uh Um, Do you ever feel very, I guess, maybe fortunate um, or, like, lucky to think, like, I work in the television and film industry. Like, millions of people want to be doing what I'm doing every day. Like, do you ever, like, take a minute and realize, like, what you're actually doing? Not really, and I should. I need to take some time to smell the roses because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times when I'm posting about the job that I do on social media, people hit me up all the time like, oh, my God, I can't believe that you're here with this person or you're doing that or you're working on this. And it's just like, to me, it's just another paycheck. I mean, I do always appreciate the experiences, and that's why I always try and make sure that no matter what I do, I always have a takeaway from any of the, the, the gigs or any of the jobs that I have. And also show you my wall of credentials that I have from every gig that I've ever done that gave me a credential. As I look at it every morning to kind of remind me to be like, yo, this is like really dope. I met this person at that gig. I met that person at that gig. And then that yeah. led to this and that led to that. So it's very easy to get lost in that, especially like when it's like so constant. Like we kind of get numb to it. Like after a while, it's just like, oh, look, it's another celebrity or whatever. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. getting paid enough. Like yeah. <laughs> That's what you start thinking after a while. But like appreciating the experience is what helps you get through it. 
Yeah. So let's talk about pay, right? Because one thing I'm very, I like to be specific. How much are they paying you? Is it like on an hourly basis? What is the rate for being, you know, a, I guess a production assistant working with these companies? Okay. So it's always going to be a day rate for a set amount of hours. And then if you hit um, that set amount of hours, then you, you're supposed to get time and a half. But it's kind of iffy because some companies, they'll do time and a half, but whatever the hourly rate is, they'll um, they'll hit you with eight hours of a little bit less than that, and mm-hmm. the um, the four hours of overtime that'll be at another rate, and then it'll it'll equate to a day rate. But it's just like kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's just like yo, if I do this, and you cut that in half, it should equal this. But sometimes they they they, they yeah. kind of they, they, they freak it something. a little bit. <laughs> but other companies are just like no, this is your day rate. Break it down hourly, and if you go hit overtime, then you're gonna get a time and a half of this number right oh, here that I told you. Gotcha. Like, but I don't know where the other companies get this, and like it's always a constant conversation. I'm like, yo, why do you guys do it this way, yeah. and this company does it that way? Which is why I love working with um, this guy Seth. He just says it straightforward. He's just like, listen, I'm not gonna hit you with any bullshit. Here's your rate. This is the hourly, and if you go past this amount hours this is what you get sometimes you never know you, you might be hitting overtime and you're thinking that this paycheck's gonna be sweet and you look at yeah. it and it's just like wait why is my overtime rate like barely higher than my my regular rate yeah or whatever so and it also depends on the company too you would think that these bigger companies would pay out more but it's always the private companies and anytime i work with oh, seth wow. he always pays he pays me way more than um these other companies so i'm not going to give the exact numbers but yeah, Viacom, the pay there is not the greatest, especially mm. when it comes to, like, See, PA people work. Would, people would think that, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, those are, like, huge companies. Yes. So they're like, oh, I want to go work there. They pay a lot of money. But mm-hmm. it's not true. It's <laughs> not true at all. And, like, I'm I, I'm surprised sometimes. I'm like, even, like, the rate that I'm working for for the president dinners, I'm just like, y'all need to do better than this. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's cool. I appreciate that. Again, it's a two-week gig. So it's all about, like, the the, the marathon. So mm-hmm. after you collect all the pictures, it's like, okay, it's pretty it's decent. Like, yeah. But it's like now I'm dedicated to these two weeks. So now if I get a gig that pays more within that two-week frame, I have to decline it, which has happened a bunch of times. And yeah. it's just like, damn, I can't take this gig. I'm really, like, turning yeah, away all that money. Exactly. And, like, I can't really say no because, like, the one time – also, the one thing about working in the industry is, like, if you do one bad thing one time, you'll never hear the end of it. So, like, one time I was working, I was supposed to work um, Comic-Con mm-hmm. for Nickelodeon, and then I got called to work Comic-Con for Comedy Central through somebody else, and the the pay was a lot more. And also, I was working a lot longer, and I had a chance to be key PA, and I wanted to get a lot more key PA credentials on yeah. my resume. So I told them that I wasn't going to be able to work, and then um, they had this thing where it was like a background check that they had to do in order for me, even though like I've worked with the company oh, with for two years. Yeah, for Nickelodeon or whatever. So um, they ended up um, moving forward with um, um, doing the uh, background check, and it cost them like a, a lot of money. And I was like, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> and like... Oh. But to this day, I actually still hear about it, even though like really? I'm one, yeah, I'm one of their favorite PAs. They and, like, still bring they that up. still bring it up to this day. It's just like don't cancel on us. Like, legitimately, oh, I can show man. I can show you the email. Where it's like okay, <laughs> we're gonna get you down for these days. But don't cancel. And if, yeah, if we, you can't cancel because you know we're giving you two weeks of work. I'm just like I'm not gonna cancel. And I, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that it's was like, a, let that it was, go. That was almost like, a year on, ago. It it's just like yeah. So you definitely got to make sure that you're on your p's and q's yeah. at all times because they will not forget. I always hear stuff like. Some of the first, like the first y'all worked on, um, it was the APOC, and like it's kind of been like two years now, so I for, I'm like forget exactly what he said, but basically it's just like make sure you always leave a good impression. Yes, you know, and 
sometimes you meet people who you work with that you're like not a big fan of, but like you just always want to leave a good impression because you don't know who they know that you might need to know or who, mm-hmm. they, you know what I mean? Like, so if somebody calls them and asks them about you, what are they going to say? Exactly. Like, you have no idea. Like, you might not ever want to work with them again, right? But you don't know if your reference will call them and ask them about you. Listen, that's the most important thing because, like, a lot of these situations, like with Chopped, I was only brought on board because one of my friends, uh, he got put on as one of their driver PAs, and they needed some help for the set because they were way behind. Um, the crew wasn't there for like one day to put the set together, so they needed extra hands to put it together. And I was only supposed to be there for two days, and then it was me and another PA. But then after working those two days, they were like, "Hey, do you want to do day play?" So like, we'll call you anytime that um, anytime someone calls out or we need extra help. It's probably why they're calling me right now. Yeah. Someone probably <laughs> called out and need me to come in. But um, yeah, so and I was like, yeah, that's perfect. And I left a good impression on them because there were other PAs there that were working just that one day, but I'm pretty much the only one that they call back. Yeah. And now um, I'm building up a rapport with them. And now they're like, um, there's this one PA who just had a kid and he can't work Fridays. So now they pretty much gave me every Friday that he was supposed to have. Oh, wow. And now it's like, okay, so now I'm going to be there. The crew likes me. So now, now it's like, now next season I might have a full-time job. I might have a full-time position. Would you want to do that, though? I think that I'm trying to... I'm, Are you transitioning? I, always try, I might transition a little bit. I'm, I've been feeling like, you know, the, the, the running gun of it is, is fun and everything like that, but... I do feel like eventually I'm going to have to really dedicate some time and a lot, a lot of effort and a lot of patience because that's just the way that you work up and you, you build rapport with a specific team. You're more than likely to get a promotion rather than working with a bunch of random people one off. Like, yeah, you get a lot of jobs that way, yeah. but they don't really see you like they might see you like three times a year. So they, they might not be able to see the improvement. They might not see my yeah. leadership qualities in those three days. So I might not get that position. Mm-hmm. But working on a set, they'll see your work ethic every day and then you'll more than likely get that position. And now I could do other jobs where I get that same position. So Yeah, that's a, that is very a smart thing that you said because they're not seeing the growth that you're having all the time. It's just they're just calling you and they still have this idea of you being a PA. Exactly. And you're like, okay, I'm not a PA anymore. Like, I'm trying to grow up. But they just still have that idea of you. So exactly. that is, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could do the, like, everyday kind mm-hmm. of, like, freelance life. Yeah. I don't, I really don't think it's for me. I prefer, like, I don't need a gig that's, like, two years long, but... I like doing films, right? Mm. Three months, I think, is a good time. I just did a TV show that was seven months. I actually didn't mind it. But I don't know if I have it in my heart to, like, (laughs) (laughs) to do the, like, every day. You know, that is really, really tough. Would you ever do scripted? Like, would you ever do, like, a feature film or, like, a TV show that's more scripted and not reality? I'm very curious to see, like, what scripted um, TV and film is like so I might actually try to like work my way into that I've been doing that I've been walking on the sets um, for TV shows or like film or whatever's recording I'll try and meet someone who's uh, a part of the production team and try and give my card out to mm-hmm. um, one of the coordinators or one of the production managers one of the ADs so that they can give me a call whenever they need so I've been doing that pretty consistently um, I haven't had a call back yet, but it's, it's just a, a matter, matter of time. time. It's a matter yeah. of time eventually. So I definitely do want to see what that world is about because, like, when I see certain movies and I, I see certain things, I'm just like, yo, I want to work how on this. How do they do, do that? that? Yeah. I want to I see that. Even me, I'm still, like, amazed. I'm like, oh, my. Because, you know, I don't always get to see because I typically work in the office. So yeah. I don't always get to see them building the sets like i'll go down to set and hang out but when i tell you it's really like the art department like the set decorator and the props person like how 
they come together and like just put all this together mm-hmm. it's it's amazing though like sometimes i'm like this is like magic right yes you're like wow this is really the magic of filmmaking is that you can like create these things that like you won't get to see anywhere else so very true i definitely think you should give it a try it can get a little <laughs> repetitive <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit because it does become it gets to a point right where this is this is my job. Yes. You go in every day. Um, you know what you're going to do every day. You know what you're doing every week. It's the same thing month to month. Things change, but typically your tasks are the same. So I think for you, I think you should still try it, but it does kind of get a little you know, repetitive and redundant because you're doing the same thing every day pretty much. Mm-hmm. But I would advise you, you should definitely give it a try. Come on to the, the scripted side. I'm going to try and cross over to your side and mm-hmm. see what life is like over there. But yeah, I'll definitely try and bring you in and try and pull you in on some projects. Yeah, I'll definitely put your name around so you can try to come over and like do scripted Appreciate stuff. Appreciate that. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll give you a shout out in my uh, People Magazine interview <laughs> 2027. In 2027. 2027. Well, hopefully we're not still PAs in 2027. Oh, we, no, we definitely won't. No, no we're gonna, not at all. You're going to be like an event coordinator exactly. and podcast host mm-hmm. and i'm gonna be like a producer or something I'm, I'm right gonna, 2027 we're calling yes. it out nine that that's what we're doing yeah, i'm definitely trying to own my own media network at the end of the day like add or complex or something like that i want to do something in that um in that realm either doing like scripted series or like comedy series mm-hmm. or just producing shows that are about music or about um, culture, movies, like that's definitely I feel like would be my end goal. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to like own content and like spread that out to the world for people to enjoy. What would your company name be? Do you have any idea? Um, I have a few ideas. Um, what's the one that I really like? Hmm, not sure. I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. But I have I have like three. Three. I'm not going to say them yet because I haven't gotten yeah. the um, You don't want anybody to still, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody comes and like, oh, I'm going to use that name for my exactly. company now. You're like, damn it. I should have copyrighted it. Nah, I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, my Instagram, my Instagram name for you from Temp, I'm going to eventually turn that into like a... Yeah, that is a really cool name, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm going to turn that into like an, a, an event series or just a company that produces content and events, but on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. So I produced um, like two podcasts and I'm curating playlists and eventually I want to start producing Shout other podcasts Shout them out. What are the names of your podcasts? Oh, okay. I didn't know it was the time. All right. Yeah. Uh, I have one podcast called The Let It Off Podcast um, with my co-hosts, Simone Dixon and Alex King, who are both... Um, special events and TV and film PAs. And I have another podcast called The Grown Folk Table. That one's more about relationship talk, society, kind of observational kind of thing. So that kind of satisfies both sides of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are going to be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play, and wherever you stream your um, you stream your content yeah. from. Do you think it's important, you know, like we're PAs right now, but we have our end goals. Um, how important do you think it is to make sure that you're taking time off um, from working, you know, these gigs to be able to put in the time to create your own projects? I think it's very important. You have to make sure at the end of the day that you're not getting lost in someone else's project. You mm-hmm. want to be able to create for yourself because naturally, like some people, they fit that role and they like being like a worker ant. I'm not like that. I want to be able to lead something. I want to be able to take my own hands, take my own ideas and mold something and make it super dope. So I don't want to get too lost in working, which is why when I think about the events that I do, I always try and pull little gems here so that I could put that into the events that I produce. Do you, 
are you like currently producing events now? Yeah, I'm working with the team right now to try and produce some events. I'm trying to do at least one this year. I'm trying to do one for my birthday. Um, hopefully, um, everything works out logistically and money wise because you already know money is always a yeah a always big a thing. factor. So hopefully by my birthday, which is in August, I'm gonna throw my first event. Ah, uh, so. We're going to have good news because yes. it's going to happen. Let's, <laughs> let's speak it into existence yes, just into like existence. this, um, you know, People's Magazine, Sexiest Men Alive 2027, yes, this, this August. <laughs> <laughs> yes, make sure you buy the cover. This August, Templeton is going to have mm-hmm. a dope event. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little glimpse of what it's going to be about? Uh, my oh, idea is um, it's kind of like I want to incorporate music into it. So it's going to be kind of like... A past the aux party, but mm-hmm. more catered towards a certain genre. Mm-hmm. I'm going to curate it a little bit differently than some of the other past the aux parties. So um, I think what it's are like past ama- the aux parties, by the way. Oh, I'm basically, not. it's a party where um, they have DJs and then they have people come in and they'll play music from their phone, and then the crowd decides if they like the song or if they should pass the aux to somebody else. Hmm. So it's like a tournament kind of thing. So you make it to the next round, and then. Um, some people battle to see who plays the best song and everything. So I want to do that, but I want to do it with a twist. That's interesting. I've never been to one of those. I, I'll invite you to one. Yeah, definitely. I've never, I've never been to one. I've never really heard of it. So it sounds kind of interesting. Oh, I'm fun. down to go. Yes, yes, <laughs> we're gonna get you down. Putting that into the universe. Yes, Jasmine is coming with me to a past the dogs party. Past dogs party. <laughs> so let's talk about before we finish up. What uh, is? Oh, I'll finish up. We can keep going. Just getting started. We let's can go. keep. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> yes. What would be let's let's do like a a two year plan. Two year plan. What is okay. Templeton's two year plan? Okay, so what I'm doing right now is I'm kind of living a double life, where I double work. life. Yes, yeah, a double life. So one one side of me is like the worker, the guy who goes to work. He's a production assistant. And he's like the best worker and he gets the job done. Everyone seems to like him on the set. But then on the other side, I'm building connections with people who are in the industry and I'm trying to network and I'm trying to like meet and build this kind of like this congregation of like uh, black professionals Mm. trying to be like the facilitator. So I'm trying to start kind of like like a group essentially. Of people just to get a bunch of projects done. Like, oh, you yeah. need a you need a DP, boom, right there. Oh, you need a guy that's audio, boom, right there. You need a photographer, boom. So I'm working on both of those sides, and it's like it's like a again a double life because like one day I'm at work and the next day I'm just like I'm at an event and like these events have nothing to do with like the work that I do. Like this event, like this um I'm wearing a BET um shirt from this event that I American went to Soul. for American Soul American Soul premiere, which wasn't a job that I worked. It was one of my industry friends who invited me out. So I wanted to go there to meet people mm-hmm. so I could start building up my uh, my catalog and start meeting uh, individuals who could probably help me boost um, anything that I'm trying to do personally. Yeah. And maybe I could try and boost anything that they're doing too. Yeah, I, um, what, Black, last week, was it last weekend? I feel um, like it I was, think it was last weekend, so, yeah. Okay, I'm just like, the <laughs> so last weekend, it was a uh, event by Black Caviar, right? Mm-hmm, and so yes. I remember going and I was like, yeah, like sometimes I get my little bubble and I can like network and talk, but then sometimes I'm just kind of like sitting there. And you were like, nope, that's not <laughs> what we're going to do. You're going to go and network. And you were like talking about yourself where you were like, I'm going to try to make my way across like the entire whole, room. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going to try to talk to many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And I definitely could see where you're like, I want to be able to continue to like build these relationships mm-hmm. and meet as many people. Because they always say, um, oh, what is it? Your net, your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm, exactly. 
Exactly. And I'm a strong believer in that. Mm -hmm. If the people around me, if anything, they're definitely an indicator of what my lifestyle is or like they kind of determine the kind of person that I am. So if I'm surrounded around a bunch of people who aren't doing anything, then essentially I am a person sitting around doing nothing. So I'm trying to surround myself with individuals who have ideas, who are always trying to push towards that, who are always trying to incorporate um, other like-minded individuals in the the planning and just trying to make sure that I'm always constantly inspired by my friends or like my immediate network because at the end of the day, when you don't have the motivation to do something, something around you has to like snap you back. Like it's always, I feel like it's very important to make sure that you you're always your main source. But it's always nice to have like a backup plan every now yeah. and again and be like, yo, I don't even know. And my friends like, yo, I don't know what you're talking about. You're doing this, you're doing that, blah 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 blah. You got this going on. I'm like, you know what? You're right. right. Let me get back on it. Let me get it together. Exactly. So I don't know if we, I don't even know if we finished your, your two year plan. Two year. Oh yeah, no yeah. two year plan. So essentially, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a network and I'm going to start producing. Of smaller networking events, kind of mm-hmm. like Black Caviar, but more catered towards actual interaction. Okay, more kind of like the CCNY. CCNY has events, and they try and push people to talk a little bit more. So I'm trying to bring those ideas together, take the best of this and the best of that. Their stuff always sold out. Exactly, like it's very, very well known company. It's just like they sell out in like five minutes. Um, shout out to Simone. Same thing. Actually, um, I didn't meet I didn't meet her there, but that's actually that's the first time I met her in person. Was at a CCNY event because she um, she volunteers for them, and I was like, oh look, it's Simone. I finally get to see. I you. think she's like their events, court like their event coordinator or something. She might be. I, it, yeah, yeah. We never really talked about what she does there. Nah, I but, think um, she's like their like she does their events. Oh, shout out to Simone. Yeah, nah, nah, she's <laughs> yeah. I think she does like their whole events. But yeah, I mm-hmm. um, I think I tried to get a ticket for something, and mm-hmm. it was like. They were, like, releasing at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I go on the webpage at 3 p.m., click it, and it's mm-hmm. just not working. I'm like, yep. you telling me it's already? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm so over this. Yes. I mean, that's amazing for them. You definitely know what I mean? Is. But I'm like, yo, this is mad annoying. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. Yeah, it's but, insane. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, if you ever have the issue again, try and talk to Simone. If, like, she's, if she's the event coordinator, she'll definitely probably be able to, like, um, hook you up. Not y'all. Just Jaslyn. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't say that. Be, that was Templeton. I never said that. That was Templeton that said that. So shout out to Simone. Yeah, shout out to Simone. She's um, mad dope. But do you have any advice for people who kind of want to be doing what you're doing in New York City? What advice would you give someone who wants to be EPA and to be able to work for companies such as, you know, Viacom or the Food Network? Conde Nast what would you Mm -hmm. say always move as if there are eyes on you even if no one's watching because you never know who might turn that corner and see what you're doing a lot of the times there are really bad PAs and I always come uh, come face to face with bad PAs all the time and I hate it people who are just kind of being lazy always trying to avoid doing work because that makes my job that much harder or just people who are just always constantly complaining or people who just don't really seem to get it, people that let their attitudes get in the way of certain things, you have to understand that, like, it's a very good opportunity to to be around these people. At the end of the day, no matter what your complaints are, no matter, like, how low you think the pay is or how long the hours are or how long it's been since you had lunch or lunch is shitty or whatever, it's still a great opportunity that someone wishes that they had. So definitely appreciate that. And if you're good to the game, the game will be good to you. Mm-hmm. Like people always ask me because like, I have a lot of other PA friends who don't get the gigs that I do. It's like, what do you do? I'm just like, I just go there and I work. Are and they I'm, like struggling? Not struggling, but like they they get gigs, but like they don't like the gigs that they get. 
Because mm. like they're always asking me to be like, oh, how come this person didn't call me for for this gig or whatever? Yeah. And like it's a person that we've worked with before on the same gig together, like, and it's what just like, you do? yeah, I'm like, well, that person doesn't really like you that much. <laughs> it's really people want to work with people they like. Let's exactly. Be like you don't want to be a crappy worker either, but they're gonna pick somebody after they look at who's good. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, who do we like? Exactly. We're all working long hours. Mm-hmm. You want to spend time with people you actually exactly. like. Exactly. And sometimes that's actually more important. And again, like we were saying earlier, like sometimes you might want to work with a guy who might not do as good of a job, but you like him a lot more and excuse me, he respects yeah, he respects the crew. He does his thing. So like we're gonna hire him first before we hire that other guy who might be good at one thing but like sucks at everything else. Yeah. You know? So definitely be observant, be appreciative. And um Build, build that network. Always yeah. make sure that if you're in these spaces and there's Are a there lot of places opportunity, they should go or to kind of I don't try know. to meet. Again, like I've like I've been lucky. I've just been able to like naturally just meet people. Mm-hmm. But um if you're into um if you're into production or you want to get into production, I would suggest using LinkedIn, which is something that a lot of people use that I don't use at all. But a lot of people, that they look at the credentials and they see, oh, this person worked on that show, and then they'll see what they're doing on social media, and then they might message them that way. Mm-hmm. I've known people who've gotten jobs just off of that. And um, making sure that when you do make that connection, that you make a, a, a connection that's going to last. Because, again, people just get forgotten every single day. It's just like, who's that person again? Can we also talk about, like, if somebody is cold emailing or cold DMing somebody about a potential job opportunity, how they should approach that person? Um, definitely <laughs> do your research. I'm not a fan of the copy and paste where it's just like, I know you just kind of saw who I was. I told Tim he was bougie, by the way. I'm bougie for that? No, I'm not bougie. So um, what she's talking about is on that episode of um, Bonnets and Do-Rags. Um, I brought up this email that I got. And how I didn't respond to it because I didn't really like the way that it came off. It just seemed like it was very cookie cutter. It didn't seem genuine. There wasn't any kind of connection. It was just like, hey, help me. And it's just like, why? I don't know you. So I feel like you definitely need to build a connection. Like, let that person know that you're interested in what they're doing. I cold DM'd you. Did you call? I, I got to see. No, you said, oh, I work in the same oh, field yeah. as you. See, yeah. that's the connection right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. People might just message me and they might say like, yo, I really like, I love your perspective on the podcast or something like that. But if you just message me like, hey, I have a podcast. Um, can you help me? It's just like. It's like mm-hmm. You didn't even say hi. Yeah, How was my day? Exactly. Nothing. Like yeah. build some kind of connection. Like do your research on people and make sure that you're trying to build genuine connections. I will always do five very well thought out emails rather than sending out a hundred blast emails. I'll take that every time. Yeah, no, I had somebody um, DM me. I don't remember what they said. I I can't even pull it up, but it was something like, um, I'm trying to get into the industry, like, but nothing is working. Like, like, can you help or something like that? Seems kind of desperate. And so I responded and I was like, hey, I would love to help, but I don't even know your name. You mm-hmm. didn't even tell me your name, you know, exactly. like, but, and I was totally cool responding, but I just wanted her to know, um, like, how you present it. Because I think because of social media, people forget that anytime you meet somebody, even if it's in person, the first thing you say is, hi, how are you? Like, yes. you say your name, like, hi, my name is Jaslyn Porter. Like, how you doing? Like, th- when you take, like, a foreign language, like, the first thing they teach you is how to say hi, how are you, and your name. Exactly. So it's like, anytime you're emailing, or even if it's social media, you should always, like... Mention your name and ask how somebody's doing. Like, don't just right away, like, ask somebody for something. Exactly. And, like, I do it. 
I'll respond because I think sometimes people forget that. And then if I feel like after that, like your vibe is just not right, like you don't care, you're just still asking and not like getting it, then exactly. okay, I won't respond. But sometimes people need those reminders or they need that like etiquette kind of thing where it's like, yo, like say hi, like ask how I'm doing, like ask maybe how you can help me first before you just ask like mm-hmm. how I can help you. So I think sometimes people need reminders. Like, maybe you just needed to remind that person, Tim. <laughs> See, we're on the same page here, but I just don't got the time. Yeah. So it's just like, I, all right. Like, I'm not as, I'm not as popping as Templeton, obviously, oh, right? Please, like, please. I'm not getting tons of emails, so, oh, you know. Please. Or tons of DMs. That, that was one email. <laughs> that was one email, all right? I'm not getting, like, DMs off the wazoo or anything like yeah. that. So every now and again, or whatever. And it's, it's always about, like... Oh, how did you get into this? It's always like people trying to figure out how you get into these events. Yeah. Like, oh, how did you meet this person? How did you do that? And so it's just like, oh, you just trying to get in on the trying to get in on it or Basically, whatever. You know, yeah. it's never really a genuine thing. Like, yo, I think what you're doing is so dope. If it was more like that, then yeah, I'm more than willing to. Like, our, like we met and like we vibed right away. And like mm-hmm. I send you everything. I'm like, yo, these are the events that I have. Yeah, he like invited me to that. I was like, yo, I'm already actually going. <laughs> but like when he sent that, I was like, you know what? I like him. Like, thanks for sending it to me, inviting me. Like, you didn't have to. Like, there's a lot of people who, like, keep stuff to themselves. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm not going to share this. But you were like, you share me mad stuff. And I'm like, yo, Tim, don't you send me enough. <laughs> I told him. <laughs> she said, don't send me nothing else. I'm tired. Ah, was so I was like, not forever. But I was like, don't send me nothing else for the rest of this weekend. Like, I am not going. <laughs> and I think he still was sending me stuff. But I, was I like, probably you know, did. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? But that's like... I appreciate that, you know, oh, because anytime. it's not like I'm going to be stingy and hold the information back. It's yeah. like, here are some dope events, like, come, like, meet different people. And I think that's more of what it's about. It's like just kind of sharing that, but being authentic and making sure that there's still, like, oh, you know, some type of connection there exactly. with people and not just looking at people to see, like, what they can do for you. It's exactly. like, well, what can we do for each other? Like, mm-hmm. do we like each other? Are we cool? So. Yeah, I'm all for helping people. That's my thing. It's like there's plenty of work out here. And if you're a good worker and you're out here in the field, I feel like that benefits me. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, I'd much rather be on a set with a bunch of like like A plus PAs rather than like two A plus and like a bunch of Ds. Because like yeah. that, that just makes my job that much harder. So I'm trying to make sure that there are a lot of great workers or just people who are trying to do things in general. Like if you're trying to become like a like a DP or you're trying to become a photographer or you're trying to become an engineer and like you really genuinely like have good intentions, I want you to be in those spaces so you can yeah. create like an opportunity for yourself because you deserve that opportunity like if you're really willing to do the work because yeah. there's plenty of people who have those opportunities that don't really deserve to be there and I'm yeah, trying to get them out of here, man. I get out of here. Trying to get them out of here, man. I'm all for trying to help which is why I'm trying to like also build that network because I want to help everybody who's like has like a little bit of like integrity. Like all you need is a little bit. Just yeah. show me that. And I'm like, yo, that's it. I got you. Like I have my wall. My wall's pretty strong. But then like once you like get over it, I'm an open book. Yeah. Yo, I'm very friendly. I'm very like chill, very laid back. It doesn't really it takes a lot for me to like get a pick up a bad vibe from you. Mm-hmm. So if I get a bad vibe, it's just like, ah, all right, cool. Or if I'm sending you events and I realize that you never say anything back or you never send me events in return, like I'm like, okay, cool. I see this is a a one-way relationship, yeah. so I'll stop sending um, things that way, you know? So yeah, as long as it should you're definitely help, be a two-way mm-hmm. a two-way kind of street. If you see it as just like you're the only person that's sending stuff or trying to help them out, you're like, all right, no, I'm not wasting my time because it should be exchange exactly. for sure. Or something simple like a thank you. Like I, I, send mes- I send events to some people sometimes. They just don't say anything in return. I'm just like, 
do you want me to send this to you? <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't know what's going on. Exactly. It's like, hey, thanks. Anytime, anyone, anyone, anytime anyone sends me an event, even if I can't go or if it's an event I'm not yeah, interested in, or if it's an event that I already have already, which happens a lot, it's just like, thank you, I appreciate that, rather than like, oh, I got this already. I, I hate hearing that. Like, mm. that's what my one pet peeve when it comes to events is just like, oh, I got that already. It's just like, like okay. so you think you're you think you're better than me because you got the event first or whatever? <laughs> like, no, you're not. What? <laughs> like, we're we're at the same yeah, level. Yeah. Like, don't. Don't don't, don't do, do it. That. Don't do it. Yeah. It's not nicer. Do you have any cool stories um, that you want to share about any of the productions that you've been on, or just being in this industry? Any cool stories? Hmm. The coolest story that I could think of is with the time that I worked the red carpet at the VMAs last mm, year. That is really cool. Yes, huh? it was like really dope. Um, same guy, Seth, um, got me in contact with this girl named. Hey, Cookie. Seth, I'm gonna be <laughs> reaching out to you just if you're listening. Hi, yes, Seth, I'm yes, Jasmine. <laughs> Seth, and he's from Jersey too, so y'all might live in the same oh my neighborhood. God, this is awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, it's meant um, to be. It is. So Seth, um, he brought me on to work with. Um, to work with this girl named Cookie, who does the VMA uh, press production every year, and it happened to be in New York that year, which is funny because like the two years before that, I went there. Uh, I went to the VMAs as a guest, and then I said, "Yo, I want to work this event." How can you go to the VMAs as a guest? Um, I got through one iota. What? They do. They do. Um, these they give out free tickets for um all these tapings and stuff. Oh wow! So yeah, anytime there's anything in the city, like when Wildin' Out was um shooting, is it like in online the city, or where? Yeah, it's online. All you gotta do is sign up. Um, send wow. in a picture. It's like a casting call, pretty much. So they try and they handpick people that they want for the event, or if it's just an event that they want a lot of people at, they kind of like invite everybody. New York hasn't really had that many of them. Mm-hmm. Like they, all of them are in California, but every now and again you'll get a VMA. So I went to the VMAs. And then um, when I got there, I said that, yo, I want to work. I want to work here. And I don't know how I'm going to work the event, but I'm going to work it next year. And then, like, here we go. Like, now I'm on the red carpet. And at that, that was one of my, my first key PA positions. And I was in charge of all the other PAs who were on the red carpet. They all had jobs, and they were all really good at their job. And I had nothing to do. So I was just standing on the red carpet, just looking at people, just like, oh, look, there goes Nicki Minaj. Oh, there goes Tiffany Haddish. Uh, there goes Chloe and Haley. There goes this person. And I saw I so many people at the red carpet. I was just like, yo, this is mad. Yeah. Dope. And I'm like, right. I'm like, they're like right Super here. Close to them. I'm like, yo, you're so short. You're way shorter than <laughs> I thought you would be. This is not the person I thought you would be. Uh, I walked past Cardi B when she was about to go on stage. I saw um, Juice World. I saw. Um, I saw a bunch of people, man. Now, since you're working it, though, do you get to, like, ever ask for a picture or you, you can't do any of that? No. Yeah. No, you don't ask for a picture. That's yeah. that's the one thing. If you see a celebrity and you really like them, You just, can't do nothing. Nope, just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of times I'm like, I kind of want, I'm like, should I do it? Should I do it? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm a relaxing show. That's one way to, like, get kicked off a of production really quickly. Yeah, if is you're it, acting like a fan. Exactly. Don't, don't, do not make the talent feel uncomfortable. That is, like, the number one rule. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. we had an incident like that before on one of the like um, first jobs that I worked on. Like mm-hmm. somebody kind of did that, and it was like, "Why mm-hmm. are you asking them for a selfie?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I definitely did learn that early on. But then I'll see, like, I won't ever ask. But then I'll see other people, and I'm like, "How to get a picture with that person?" <laughs> so I, so sometimes I'm like, I'm confused here. Yeah. Like, are we not supposed to? But like. Yeah, all got pictures with the cast, and yeah. I'm like over here, like I want my picture too, <laughs> you know. So sometimes it's yeah. like it's not fair. Like I don't know to ask. Like I'd be know. feeling that way, but like I, I wouldn't risk it. At the end of the day, like that's you'll, what, you'll that's probably what. see them people again. Like if you're constantly working, like I've seen, I've seen uh, like 
celebrities at events like so so often that some of them recognize me. They're like, oh yeah, you worked that event, right? I'm like, oh shit. I didn't even say hi to you. I ain't say nothing to you, but you recognize me, I guess, because I, I, I um, stand out or whatever. Yeah. But like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And maybe you'll get an opportunity where it's okay to get a picture. Yeah. But like, if you're a PA and you're trying to, trying to get your foot in the door, that's definitely Don't. like one way to get kicked off. Yeah. Like, any other no-nos while we're on the topic? Any other no-nos? Huh. Let me see. I don't know. I feel like it's it makes such it makes such sense. I feel like it should be common sense. But a lot of the time it's not like common sense is not exactly. that common. It's just like damn, it's just like Make sure that you're not on your phone all the time. But uh, actually, I'm lying because I'm on my phone a lot when I'm on chops. <laughs> oh, my phone. But everybody all the is time. now. Like you walk into exactly. a store and the cashier is just like mm-hmm. on her phone, and I'm like, oh, this is what we do now. Yeah, but but the funny thing about it is that like if I'm on my phone. When I'm like I'm on my phone when I'm when it's like downtime where it's like okay in between um, while they're recording or whatever like I'm not on my phone when I'm supposed to be cleaning the set mm-hmm. so that's why I think they don't really they don't really care about it like too much so when it's time to clean it they're like okay cut now it's like okay my job is done put my phone away I'm cleaning until they say rolling and then now I'm back and now it's like I've got nothing to do so I'll be on my yeah. phone or whatever so um, what else is a no no I'm trying to think I'm trying to think. I don't know. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, how about man. that? Just like, don't, don't. Just be, be an cool. Asshole, man. Be yeah. a nice person. Like, like we were saying before. Like people like to work with people. People want to work with people they like. Exactly. So if your energy is just bad or you're creating a bad atmosphere on set, they're not gonna want to call you back. That's the worst. Nothing worse than a bad atmosphere, especially when it's people that you work with constantly. <sighs> It's the worst. Not with, not with it. You're working <laughs> with, like, you're at work more than you see your family, right? Exactly. Because you're working 12 to 14 hours. You only got 24 hours a day. That doesn't include the time of commuting, right? Exactly. So when you go home, most of the time it's shower and go to sleep. Exactly. So. So you better make sure that wherever you're spending the most time, that's where you should be the most comfortable. I know it's kind of hard to do that, but there are certain things that you can do to make your job like a little less stressful or certain things to make sure that other people's jobs are a little less stressful yeah. or just creating just a good working environment so that people don't feel any kind of tension or any kind of like awkwardness. Because yeah. that's just weird when someone walks into the room and everyone's just kind of like, uh, I don't yeah. know about that. You yeah. don't want it. <laughs> I don't want that at all. There was actually a funny story that happened um, the other day on Chopped where um, one of the key PAs kind of had like a meltdown or whatever. And Ooh, um, What did yeah. that meltdown entail? So um, basically they were shooting and after they finished shooting the episode, they did this kind of TED Talk kind of thing where it was like um, the host and two of the guest judges, they were talking about this um, foundation who's trying to put they're trying to put two million um, meals uh, towards, I forgot what, I don't know if it was for the country or for a specific area, but they're trying to feed more people pretty much. Okay. And while they were on set, um, there was a lot of things going on, like people were adjusting lights and changing things and shifting cameras. So when there's a lot of commotion going on, a lot of the times the PAs, like they don't really have much to do. We're going to get out the way. And mm-hmm. as soon as they're done, then we'll go out and do something. So me and one of the other PAs, we were packing up something in the elevator. And I guess the key PA asked for someone and no one responded, I guess, because we didn't really hear. 
or whatever because it's, it's very noisy. So sometimes the radio just doesn't doesn't come through. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I don't even hear my own name. I'm just like, wow, someone called my name. Someone's like, yeah, someone called you. I'm like, oh, like, shit. I'm sorry, I didn't hear My it. bad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but then she had a meltdown. She's like, guys, when I call, blah, 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 um, nobody, nobody's answering and I shouldn't be picking up trash on the floor. Nobody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, blah, 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 blah. And then one of the... Um, one of the APOCs got on the radio, which is like, I kind of saw everyone doing what they were supposed to be doing or whatever. And she was like, no, it's not da-da-da-da. Not, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Only this person and that person is doing doing what they're supposed to be doing, blah, 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 blah. And then they, I guess they had like, like, yeah, so they had like an interaction. And on I the guess, walkie, though? Not on the walkie. Like, oh. they kind of met up and they had a conversation and like, the APOC was not on her side whatsoever. So she like left crying and like, she was like outside like smoking like cigarettes cigarettes or whatever trying to like calm down and she was like very stressed out because of the whole situation it's just like that that kind of creates a weird weird yeah. atmosphere you know because now it's like you gonna are you gonna bug out now you know yeah now you don't time. know like now what to expect like, okay i don't like know. should i just avoid exactly and now, now it's just like now it feels weird like now when we go back to work on monday everyone's gonna be thinking about how you kind of went haywire on friday you went ham. Just like Okay. All right. But like, I've never had a bad interaction with the girl. Again, like most of the time when people they act a certain way, I never get that energy. I don't know what it is. But um, she could have just been having a really bad day. She could have been having a really bad day. You never know. But um, yeah, like learning how to deal with people is very important um, when you're working on set. Because you don't you don't want to you don't want to have those you don't want to have those awkward scenarios. You don't want to have especially there so often. I don't want to have to work on like a 12 hour set with someone who I feel awkward yeah. having interactions with. You want with. everybody to feel comfortable. Exactly. Like that's the worst like going to work and like everybody is like don't want to be around each other. Like yeah. we got to sit here for 13 hours. <laughs> we got to sit here for 13 hours all being mad at each other. Exactly. It's not the way to go. Not, not doing that. I'm joking. I don't care. Like I'm joking with everybody. Even if you're mad at me, I'm joking with you. Cuz yeah. at the end of the day you you got to get over it. Let's have it. a good time. Let's like, have fun while we're here. Like, we got to be here. We got to make our money. Why not enjoy it? It's supposed. This is supposed to be a fun business, right? It's it is. entertainment. It is entertainment. Let's entertain <laughs> each other. Thank you. Oh, my God. I couldn't have said it better myself. Look at that. So, any you have any final parting words before we wrap up? I know we I said it, like, 30 minutes ago, but we, we weren't done. <laughs> so, any, like, final ways, like, final words that you want to... Say to the audience. Uh, make sure you pick up that magazine, um, 2027. Oh, my People God. Magazine, Sexiest Man Alive. <laughs> make sure you buy that. You got to buy it. I don't want you to, to screenshot it on Instagram or whatever social media platform is popping at the time. I want you to buy the actual magazine and take a picture of it so that I know you're a real friend of mine. Yes. That's that's how we ending it. That's how we're ending it. Yes. 2027. 2027. 2027. Yes. <laughs> Make sure y'all buy People's Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive with yes. Temple 10. Yes. On the cover of it. And I will shout you out. Oh, you're going to shout me out because this is where we announce it first. Exactly. Cruelly Podcast, (laughs) this is where it is announced first. So make sure y'all go get the copy. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Templeton. I enjoy having you on. Everybody who's listening, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This was really exciting for me because, again, I haven't really talked to anybody who's worked in reality television before. So 
I was just interested and I wanted to be nosy and find out, you know, all the deets because I watch all these shows. So it was uh-huh. interesting to, you know, hear from your perspective what it was like. So thank you for sharing that with us, guys. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed us just as me. And make sure you guys stay tuned for the next episode. Also, Tim, make sure you shout out um, your social media platform so everybody can follow you. Nice. Okay. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram at for you from temp. Again, that's for you, F O R Y O U, F R O M T E M P. Follow me on there and check the Instagram bio because I have links to everything that I have going on on my playlist, on my podcast, all the projects I'm working on will be in there. So if you want to know what I'm working on, just follow me on Instagram. All righty. There you have it. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe, uh, rate, and write a review and listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Anchor. We're on Stitcher. 11 different platforms. So make sure you guys give us a listen. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.